two invitations for today. Invitation number one, all through this day, invoke the presence of God. That is just simply to keep reminding myself, keep reminding yourself, God, you are right here. God, you are watching. God, you are listening. God, you are present. God, you, you care. As I look at the world around me and I see the beauty of it, when I look at other people and think I've got friends, I have people that love me, those are constantly reminders. God, you're here. God, you're here. I want you to be here. To invoke God's presence means both that I am aware of it, but I invite it all through the day. Number two, as soon as you have a task to do and life presents itself as a series of tasks, ask Jesus, how can I do this? Instead of simply being passive or running on autopilot, Jesus, um, how can I make what I'm doing right now useful to somebody else? How can I bring flair to it? How can I do it with pizzazz? How can there be some creativity to it? To it? How can I make this a gift of love to other folks? And if you do those two things today, invoke God's presence constantly, and then continually ask for his help with whatever task you face next, what you are doing is being a disciple of Jesus. And that's the essence of it. It's not all of it. Also, life involves different practices that we're engaged in in the process of transformation. And so, but this is the centrality of it. The person who has helped me and lots of other folks understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, particularly is Dallas Willard. And one of the words that he would say is actually a better word for disciple, something that helps us understand it better, is the word apprentice. And that the old uh, Greek word that's used in the New Testament for disciple, mathetes, was also used for apprentices. Discipling is one of those words in the church that just becomes a churchy word and can be used in kind of cliched ways. People will say things like, I'm discipling this person. Interestingly, nobody in the New Testament ever uses the language in that way. No one claims to be discipling another person because it was understood that we are all disciples of one master, one rabbi. And an apprentice is wonderful language because it captures this notion that uh, to be a disciple of Jesus means I want to be with him and I want to learn from him how he would do what I'm doing in my own life. There's a reason why I'm sitting where I am right now. Right behind me is a doorknob and it's been in its place for 80 some years and we had been away for a little while. When we got back, this door would not work. It was stuck. And um, so I tried to mess with it a little bit and couldn't figure it out. And so I thought, nah, I need to call a locksmith and have him come and um, fix it. Nah, it would cost a fair amount of money. And then I had a second thought. We're looking at second thoughts. My second thought was, you might remember if you watch these videos very often, that I have someone who knows a lot more about fixing stuff than me, my friend Chuck, who is kind of my carpentry rabbi. And that, in fact, when Chuck was here not real long ago, we went out and I have like a whole bag full of tools. I've got more tools than this outside in the garage. And that it might be possible if I check in with my rabbi to be able to fix this. So I FaceTimed my friend Chuck and we kind of walked it through step by step and I had the right tools to disassemble this thing and to try to look at with the little isometric bar that's technical language for it that's in the middle of a door handle. Why is that not working and how could I reposition it so that when I put it back on it would work and I did it and it worked. 
Now, I could not have done it on my, on my own. I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. Very important to understand that I think I'll let him to be an apprentice of the master is not a passive thing. It doesn't mean, well, I'll just sit and wait and see if Jesus fixes the doorknob. Uh, I, I call the one under whom I am apprenticing. And then he will give me appropriate guidance. And he will know what kind of risks I ought to take and what it's safe for me to try. Very, very often I will fail. Okay, now with this as a backdrop, here's the invitation for you, if you want today, to live as a disciple of Jesus. Part of what's wonderful about this is you don't even have to believe to any particular level. You don't have to conjure up a lot of faith. You can have all kinds of doubts and still be an apprentice. Dallas Willard writes this in The Divine Conspiracy, that people, when they're asked, are they apprenticing to a musician or a lawyer or a screenwriter or a politician, would not need to think one second to respond. And similarly, if somebody were to ask you, are you learning Spanish or learning bricklaying? That will be quite clear. It will not be something that escapes your attention. But if asked whether they are good apprentices, of whatever person or line of work is concerned, they might very well hesitate. And they might say no, or he asked, ask if they could be better students, they would probably say yeah. All of this falls squarely in the category of being a disciple or an apprentice. For to be a disciple in any area or relationship is not to be perfect. One can be very raw and incompetent beginner and still be a disciple. It is part of the refreshing realism of the Gospels that we often find Jesus doing nothing less than bawling out his disciples. You of little faith, he will say, how long must I put up with you? That, however, is very far from rejecting them. It is, in fact, a way of being faithful to them. Just as chastisement is God's way of showing that someone is his child. This is written about in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. A good master takes his apprentices seriously and therefore takes them to task as needed. That's what a good coach does. That's what a good leader does. So, a disciple or an apprentice is simply someone who has decided to be with another person under appropriate conditions in order to become capable of doing what that person does, or to become what that person is. How does this apply to discipleship of Jesus? What does it mean when I say that I have become his disciple? What is Jesus good at? Well, the answer is found in the Gospels. He's good at living in the kingdom of God. He's good at living in the awareness and the presence and fellowship with and under the guidance and empowering of his Father and applying that to life for the good of others. And uh, that's what he invites us to do as well. Now, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, then I'm with him not to try to live his life, but to learn from him how to live my life. And focusing on your actual life, the tasks you have to do is critical. Brother Lawrence writes this. He's the guy that he was a cook in a community, and, and yet he experienced the presence of Jesus so deeply in his life that his little book, Practicing the Presence, is still read hundreds and hundreds of years later. He said, our growth does not depend on changing our works. Often people think, I must do something else, something that's more religious or more important. No, 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 no. doesn't depend on changing our works, but in doing that for God's sake, which we commonly do for our own. 
in doing that for God's sake that I commonly do for my own sake. So now I want you to think of a few tasks that you have to do today, at least two. Maybe you need to write an email to respond to somebody. Maybe you need to make a phone call. Maybe you need to lead a meeting or be part of a meeting. Maybe you will go to a class. Maybe you will take a test. Maybe you will run an errand or drop somebody off someplace or fix a meal. And the question is, uh, as you go to do that, how do you do that for God? Um, Will you simply remember to ask Jesus, now Jesus, if there is any particular way that I can do this, if I could be creative in this moment, right now, when I'm talking into this camera, Jesus, if there is something I could say, something I could do to let people know that they can actually do this together with you, that it's not just me and the camera, it's me and Jesus and the camera. If you're a plumber, it's not just you and the pipe, it's you and Jesus and the pipe. If you're a teacher, it's not just you in the classroom, it's you and Jesus in that classroom. Jesus, what can I do right now? And if you do that, if you walk through this day, God, you're right here right now. Now, how can we do this together? And then Jesus, help me let go of the outcome so that I can walk into the next moment and be fully present there. And make my life as much as possible a blessing to other people because that power and grace is flowing through me into them, then you will be a disciple and apprentice of Jesus. And that remains the greatest opportunity that has ever been offered to the human race. At first I thought, I can't do this. And then there's kind of an interesting identity issue that goes on. At a certain point when you become apprentice, you cease to say, I'm the kind of person who could not do that. And you say, well, actually, I'm in the process of learning. And what I thought was not possible to me, to be able to fix something like that, now, with my master, with my rabbi, it becomes something that I am learning how to do. And there's a shift in identity, and you begin to embrace tasks that formerly you thought were just impossible. That is why the offer of apprenticeship to Jesus remains the greatest opportunity ever extended to the human race. And that is yours and mine today. Second thoughts about fixing a doorknob. Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. If you'd like to find more resources, you can go to our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the daily emails that go along with each video. You can access our full library of videos there. And you can let us know if you're interested in some of the upcoming leadership resources that we're working on right now. If you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can text us that request at 855-888-0444. Our team meets daily Monday through Friday to pray for those requests. And so thanks for letting us come alongside you in your spiritual growth journey. We'll see you next time.